Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, tonight we really want to say thank you. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do. Father, we ask that in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that you allow your word to really, really help us. Father, let tonight be practical. Let everything about tonight be guided by your word. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do. And we pray as we go into the Bible, we have fun. Oh Lord, we commit this time into your hands. Holy Spirit, take absolute control. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do tonight is sometimes when you're going through the Bible, as we um, as we go through the Bible, sometimes you would want to do a topic study. So sometimes you do a, a book study. Sometimes you do a study on a person. Sometimes you do a study on um, different subjects. But today we want to hit a subject. And, and so we'll wander a little bit. So it should be fun. Um, and what we're going to have a look at is something that um, we phrased or one would title, what now, what to do next after you've prayed and you've fasted, especially if you haven't got what you're praying for, what can you do next? What, what do you do next? And so we're going to look at that tonight um, and hopefully we'll have some fun. Let's see how far we get tonight and then that will guide us whether or not we continue next week and then we'll go from there. All right. But um, so that's what we're going to do. So the first thing is this. Um, if you could turn in your Bible, let's have a look at um, our first example. And our first example, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be taken from the book of Ezra. And that is interesting. I've got my, that's fine. Okay, we're going to go to the book of Ezra. And we'll go to Ezra 8, Ezra chapter 8. And so what we'll do is we'll take sections of the Bible to explain our point, and then we'll go from there. So it will give us a nice rounded Bible study. So in Ezra chapter 8, the story of Ezra is actually quite interesting. Ezra is um, he's currently working, he's serving in Babylon. He's one of the... Um, the exiles that were taken from Israel to Babylon. And it's about the time that God has touched the heart of Cyrus, who is a Babylonian king. And he said two things. Number one, that the Jer Jerusalem must be rebuilt. And number two, that the temple of the house of the Lord must be reestablished. And if you ever find the prophecy concerning Cyrus, or if you want to have a look at the prophecy, you'll find that in Isaiah 45, reading from verses one. And that was six or 700 years before Cyrus was born. And so you realize that God had a plan to return Israel and he was going to use quite a few resources to get it done. Ezra chapter eight, Ezra is in the middle of being part of this move back and he faces this challenge. And we use this during the time. Um, this is a really nice one to look at when you're looking at fasting. And so what I'll do is I will read from verse 21 
And so let me put, I, I'll pop that into the chat for you. Um, fantastic. So Ezra 8, and if we'll read from 21. Okay, so that's where we're going to start. Um, I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. Um, if there are, if there's anything that is not clear, I'll clarify. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll use the King James for tonight. The Bible says this, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God and to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones. For all our substance, for I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken unto the king, saying, the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. And the Bible says, so we fasted and besought our God for this. And the Bible uses a word, and he was entreated. The word entreated is a lovely word. It means where much prayer has been said or a deep plea has been given and the person responds. And so God was entreated. And the Bible says, and he was entreated of us. That means he answered exactly what we were saying. So point number one, what do you do after you have prayed and fasted? Now let's follow Ezra. Verse 24, notice what they asked for was, Lord, give us a way for our little ones. And with, and remember, I'll explain in a moment. So I'll read from 24 and then I'll come back. And the Bible said, Then I separated 12 of the chief priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and 10 of their brethren with them, and weighed unto them the silver and the gold and the vessels, even the offering of the house of our God, which the king and his counselors and his lords and all Israel, their present, had offered. I even weighed unto their hand 650 talents of silver, silver vessels, a hundred and a hundred talents, and of gold, a hundred talents, and also 20 bassoons of gold and of a thousand drams and two vessels of fine copper, precious as gold. And I said unto them, you are holy, ye are holy unto the Lord. The vessels are holy also, and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering unto the Lord God of your fathers. Watch ye and keep them until you weigh them before the chief of the priests and the Levites and the chief of the fathers of Israel at Jerusalem in the chambers of the Lord. And so took the priests and Levites the weight of the silver and the gold and the vessels to bring them to Jerusalem unto the house of our God. And the Bible says the following, verse 31. Then we departed from the river of Ahava on the 12th day of the first month to go unto Jerusalem. And the hand of our God was upon us and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and of such as lay wait by the way. I'll stop reading there and I'll read verse 32 to end. So I'm, for those who have just joined, Ezra chapter 8, reading from verses 21 to verse 32, and we are looking at what do you do after you fasted or you've prayed? And so Ezra verse 8 verse 32 says the following, and we came to Jerusalem and we abode there three days. So let's pause for a moment. And the first, let's, so let's look at Ezra's challenge. Ezra is facing a, he has a lot of people who want to go back to Israel. They are not necessarily armed. And he has said to the king, if you release us, God will be with us, irrespective. And so all of it, he now has a challenge. He couldn't go back to the king and say, God, 
to the king say, you know what, give us a block of soldiers so that you can guard us on our way. Because he said, I've already said to the king, this is what God will do. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure during the fast and during the 21 day fast that you've said or made pronouncements and declarations, and I hope you do, um, over your life, whereby you declare that God has said this and this will happen. So what do you do next? And this one is very simple. Whatever you have prayed for, do. That means when you come off the back of a fast or a season of prayer, you have to act on what you have prayed for. And interestingly, you actually have to act quite quickly. You've got to make some adjustments. And I'll explain what I mean, because it's very easy to begin to second guess yourself when you decide not to act on it. So what did Ezra ask for? Um, I will take questions at the end, or the best thing to do is please put your question into the chat box and I'll, I'll see it there. So I, I will take questions at the end, but if you have a question now, pop it into the chat box or I'll comment and I'll see it there. So this is Ezra 8, 21 to 32, and we are speaking about how to keep the benefits of a fast. So we've looked at Ezra's journey. And Ezra's, so the key element is when you have prayed or fasted for something, you've got to act on it. And it's something that you've got to keep in mind. You've got to take a very simple action. You've got to do something. Now, that doesn't mean that if you've prayed for um, a new job, you wake up the morning after you've fasted and prayed and resign. That's not wisdom. No, 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 no. What am I saying? Do something about it. Tidy up your CV. Do something that says to the Lord, I'm acting on it. Even if it means dressing in a way that points to the job you're going to get rather than dressing in the way, especially if it's within your, your range, the way your office dress. So let's say your office has a dress down code. You can roll in in jeans and t-shirt and you've applied for a job and you're praying for a job, let's say in the city or in a different industry and the dress code is different, then in all sincerity, start adjusting your dress code just to do something, to send a message to heaven that I believe you change something and the biggest thing you have to change ladies and gentlemen when i say do something is the biggest thing you have to change is what you do on the inside and we'll talk about that all throughout today what you do on the inside and so i want you to keep that in mind so when you've prayed you've got to act on what you pray you've got to rather than say okay you know what i've prayed for 21 days i'm going to wait for another 21 days to make sure god was right no no do something. Um, and so that's one of the things I want you to keep in mind. You've got to take actions. You've got to do something that sends a message to the Lord that you have believed him. Now, you can take Hannah's option. And the Bible says when she's finished speaking to the priest in 1 Samuel 1, she couldn't, she couldn't make herself pregnant. But the Bible says she changed her countenance the way she looked at life. Do something. All right, we're coming up to, to um, 7.14 and we're going to take our declaration. Okay, um, we're going to take our declaration. So, okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's do that. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves. We pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We now declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And everybody said, amen. So that's a, that's a powerful declaration. Whatever you are, may God heal your land. And may God really heal our land. That's the first thing. So do something. Okay, that's the first point. Okay, let's have a look at this. So the next thing you do after, so, and I will take questions. So I'm going to zoom through these. Um, the second thing you do to keep the gains of a fast or to keep the gains of um, a season of prayer is you have to fight to keep the gains that you have won. And that means you have to literally, and I say this carefully, you really have to fight. And it, because doubt and worry will come and they will, all they're going to try and do is, well, let's have a look at the scripture. Turning your Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter four. Um, Proverbs four. Um, I will put it into the text. Proverbs four. And we're going to look at verse 20. Well, we'll read from 20 to 23. So Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. Okay, Proverbs 4, 20 to 23, but our focus is verse 23. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic Bible. And the Bible says the following. The Bible says, my son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. Verse 22. For they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh, which is wonderful. Then the Bible says the following. Keep and guard your heart with all, all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. Now, we've, we've spoken about this. This is one of the wonderful things about Bible study. How do you fight to keep the gains that you've won? There are a variety of ways. So if one of the things is when you win a victory in, when you win a victory in a place of prayer, when you win a victory at, on the back of a season of fasting, which will make your prayers, you know, more effective, how do you fight for that? The primary thing that you go for, the primary thing is you have to control what you say. You really must control what you say. So how do you fight for it? The Bible says, guard your heart. That means you've got to protect what goes in and settles in your heart and you if you do find that something other than what god wants to put in goes in then you have to fight back so let's have a look at that so the first thing i want you to look at is um let's have a look at matthew 12 let's this is 34 um Matthew 12, I'll put it in the chat for you, verse 34, okay, so Matthew 12, 34, Jesus is speaking, 
He says, you offspring of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil or wicked? He's not talking to you. For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, what it's saying is, number one, stop what's going into your heart. And we could talk about that in a moment. And the only way anything gets into your heart is by two gates, by what you hear and what you see. Those two things will determine what goes into your heart, what becomes a reality in your heart. Now, the, Jesus said that. I didn't say that. Um, and I'll, I'll find it for you so that we have, um, so that we've, we've got that. So let's see where, oh, here we go. Yes. So Matthew 13, Matthew 13, verse 15. I'll read it for you. Jesus says the following. He says, for this people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing, gate one, and their eyes they have closed, gate two, and lest at any time they should see with their eyes, gate two, and hear with their ears, gate one, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. What is Jesus saying? That before something gets into your heart, it must access your heart by your ears or by your eyes. That means when, how do you guard the, the gains of a fast or what you've prayed for? Control what you watch and control what you listen to. Now, that is beyond just not turning on certain channels or not following certain accounts on Instagram and not following certain things on, on the internet. No, 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 there's more. It's in particular what you say to yourself. What you say, because what Satan wants you to do, remember, he has no creative power. So he wants you to shoot down what you had just won. Therefore, he will want you to say it or he will want you to think it, which will lead to you acting it, which will undo what God has done. Um, if, if, you, if you think about it, um, there are lots of examples and, and I'll point you to a couple. And, and this, because this is a long reading, I'll just give you, if you want to see people talk themselves out of their destiny, have a look at Numbers 13 and 14. The children of Israel walked out of Egypt. They walked through the desert and they find themselves at the River Jordan. And they talk themselves out of a blessing. That is a physical representation of what happens to us. So if you've prayed for a new job or you've prayed for a breakthrough or you've prayed for health or healing, then you must control what goes into your eyes and your ears and you must control what comes out of your mouth. Are we together, ladies and gentlemen? And so that's the second thing, fight for the gains that you have won. So control what goes into your heart. So, and if you look at it, last scripture on this, just to give you a full picture, um, Philippians 4, 6 to 8 is key. Philippians 4, 6 to 8 tells us, the Bible says that be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Make all your requests known unto God. And the Bible then says that the peace of God, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. And the Bible then says, verse eight kicks in and it says, focus your thoughts on good things. Okay. Um, okay. Um, actually, that's that's a very good question. So before I move on, um, raise that's a fantastic question. How do you redeem yourself from making a mistake after the a really good fast? So if something slips up, what do you do? The key element is this: you have to get back up. Great question. You have to get back up, and that is so. Let me. I'll put that into the chat to everybody um, and it's this first john 1 9 you must remember even if you've made a mistake jump right back on go to the lord tell him you've made a mistake ask him to forgive you and then keep going the benefits of the journey will not necessarily be taken away. And so great question. Really, really brilliant question. Fantastic. Thank you very much. That was a really good question. So we're going to move on. Third thing, what do you do to keep the benefits of a fast or of a prayer, of a prayer session, especially like the ones we've just been through? Ladies and gentlemen, the third thing you do is this. You build your world you build your world with your words. Turn with me. Um, let's let's go here. Second Kings, chapter four. Second Kings four, and I'm going to read one, just a little section. Um, 2 Kings 4. So just in case you want to catch up, let me read through the points again. So we've said, number one, do what you've prayed for. Number two, fight to keep the gains you've won. We're now on number three, build your world with your words. And I'm going to read from... 2 Kings 4, verse 20. And I'm going to stop at verse 26. Okay. Build your world with your words. 2 Kings chapter 4, reading from verse 20, says the following. The Bible says, um, the story is the Shunammite woman, her son, that came by a miracle, has passed away. She takes him from his father. He passes away in her hands. She lays him on the prophet's bed, and then this story unfolds. And the Bible says the following. Um, I'll read. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. That's the, her son. And she went and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. 
And she called unto her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, wherefore wilt thou go to him today? Why are you going to him today? It is neither a new moon nor a Sabbath. That means it's not a special festival. And she said, notice, it shall be well. The next thing I want you to realize is verse 24. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding from me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her far off. This is Elisha. When the man of God saw her far off that he said to Gehazi, his servant, behold, yonder is that Shunammite. That means that's the Shunammite lady. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say to her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered. Now, this is the entire point. She answered and said, It is well <laughs> pause for a moment i want you to understand how powerful your words are this is key it is at that point in time she goes back to the one who gave her the child or who spoke the word of the child god gave the child and when asked how are you? She said, it is well with me. Next question. How's your husband? It is well. Then comes the kicker. How is the child who is currently dead? And she said, it is well. And then she falls down at the prophet's feet and she lets him know the facts. But she had spoken her faith first. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope someone, I'm speaking to someone, I don't know what you're going through. And by God's special grace, I mean, please hear me well. I hope this is a message for someone. And I say this from the bottom of my heart. She spoke her faith first. And the key word used is she answered that means when something comes to you a you've let's say you've prayed for something or you've prayed for a job or you've prayed for a breakthrough or you've prayed for anything and everything's going great and then all of a sudden bang before you start telling the story to strangers or going onto facebook or whatever Speak your faith to the one who can do something about it. And the Bible says, and this is, this is a beautiful thing about it, is when you build your world with your words. So when you wake up in the morning, before you listen to the news, say what God says about you. Now, this is preacher's material, so we could really wind it up, but we're not going to. This is key. Okay. Great question. What the, I, 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 if you don't mind, the question I've just got was this. Was she not lying? 
Now, let's clarify. When you now confess what God has promised to do for you, you are not lying. You are stating your confidence. This is why I said, when you go to the one who can do something about it. So when you come into the place of prayer or you come before, uh, where even when you're speaking to someone, and this, this is key, when, and, and when people ask you, you know what, how is it? The first thing, when you declare your faith, that's not lying. You are declaring. So let, I'll give you an example. When anybody, I, I remember when I was extremely, um, um, I was extremely ill. I, I had a, a very a emergency operation. And I remember getting all sorts of visitors and, and etc. So sometimes I'll, if I'm speaking to the medical staff and they ask me, how am I? I do not necessarily, they can't necessarily, they are not God. So I do not say it is well. How are you, Mr. Klein? Everything is wonderful. You know what? Just go and treat somebody else. No, 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 no. I'm in extreme pain. So I explain to the doctor, please sort me out. Don't go anywhere else. But if someone phones me, ah, Pastor Batch, how are you? It is what? Well, or I'm talking to God in particular in the place of prayer. I am now declaring recklessly that, listen, God, based upon what you said, concerning me you will be kind and it will be all right concerning me you will heal me by the stripes of jesus i believe concerning me so what am i doing i am declaring my faith to the one who can do something about it and sometimes in all sincerity whereby you create an environment of faith <laughs> <laughs> you create, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I, I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. You create an environment of faith. That means people who are not going to believe like you, they don't need any details. So how's everything going? God will be kind. Are you going through a nightmare? They told me God will be kind. How's it going? God's got this in hand. How are you? All things will work together for my good. That's not lying. You are declaring the truth. But now when I'm standing in front of someone who is willing to join me in prayer, based upon Matthew 18, 18 to 20, or I'm standing in front of a doctor and they ask me, how are things going? Then I will tell you the facts and then we will go to the one who can help us together. The doctor will do, or if it's, if it's a medical issue, or if it's a bank manager, or it's a financial person. So before you state your faith to those who don't need to know it, you don't. You state your faith to the one who can do something about it. That means when I'm going to God, or I'm speaking to somebody who's going to God on my behalf, then I will declare it as well. But most of all, when I am alone, and when I am alone, and I am standing in front of the mirror and all hell is telling me this is what is going to be the outcome. The Bible says, answer. And the Bible says, and so I'll put it in the chat. Um, I've got some very interesting questions. questions. Um, all right. Um, as long as you are declaring the word of God, it is according to God's will. 
Now, this is one of the things a people wonder, oh, can I, if, I, if I'm really sick, should I declare that God's going to heal me? Is it God's will? Let's settle something. If God has put it in his word concerning you, you are free to declare it for this reason. Um, and I'll put the, the scripture in the chat. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, for all the promises of God in him, that is in Jesus Christ, are yea, that means yes, and amen, that means they can be executed now by the power and ability of heaven. And the Bible says, unto the glory of God by us. So in all sincerity, when you, whatsoever you are praying for, as long as the Bible declares it to be so, you are free to declare it to everything around you. And what will happen? everything around you will line up to the word of God that's going on around you. Now, this is, this is, this is key. Um, and I, I get this example a lot, and it's a, it's a good one. So if I'm praying for a million dollars in my account and I'm saying everything is all right, when I am heavily broke, am I declaring my faith? No, you're not. That's wishing. Because in all sincerity, there is, there's, where's the promise? So, I need a million dollars in my account. I want it to be so. And someone says, how are you? And I say, well, you know what? I'm absolutely wonderful. God has provided for me. If I am declaring the word of God concerning me, whereby I'm not necessarily giving numbers, you are not lying. You are saying that God will supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And he will do so. If you legitimately require a million dollars, and you are praying for a million dollars. And in all sincerity, that's what you're praying for. And God will eventually grant it. So be it. But if you are wishing or hoping or it's random, especially where there is the word of God does not necessarily present. He said he will meet all your needs, not all your wants. Then we now go into the wonderful world of wishing, wanting and doing all sorts of stuff. So is that clear? So hopefully that helps you. All right. Um, okay, so I really hope, um, thank you for, um, all right, how do I, the good question, um, I did say I would take questions at the end, but let me grab this, how do I differentiate between speaking in faith and Christianese? The Bible says it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means, I'll give you an example. If I was to say to someone, um, if I was to say to somebody, uh, let, let me see if I can give you an example. If somebody asked me, I, 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 this, this is how you, you differentiate. Let's use Christianese. I am blessed and highly favored, favored. So someone asks you, how are you this morning? I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. And you do not know, understand, or have processed God's word to the point where you have an assurance that you are blessed and highly favored because you have God's word on it. The first one, if you are just saying it because everybody else in church says it, that is Christianese. You are parroting. 
if you are speaking something you believe. Now, belief is this is this is <laughs> this is absolutely wonderful because this is point number six. And point number six is ramp up your Bible study. So keep this in mind. If you have not read the scripture, studied the scripture so that you are clear on it, meditated on the scripture so you have processed it from head knowledge into heart and thought knowledge. And if you have not confessed it over your life more than once to the point that is now become an assurance or a confidence, ladies and gentlemen, and then if you are not willing to act on it, you are, ladies and gentlemen, at that point in time, speaking Christianese. Why? You are saying something you don't believe. It is like someone giving you a nine pound note. If you try and spend it, either you, it, it's no, you have no confidence when you present it to the, to the teller. But when you present a note that you have confidence in, you don't even look backwards. And this is the same. When you're speaking Christianese, it's head knowledge. It has no bearing on your words, your thoughts, or your actions. That's why the Bible says, notice where we went through. Now, this is where I'll close it out. Great question. This is where I'll close it out. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, start from verse 20. It says, submit to my sayings. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Do not let them depart from before your eyes. Make sure that they remain in your mouth, your expectation and your desires. And the Bible says, at a point, they will become life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Then when you now say in that situation, I am blessed and I am highly favored and you have the assurance of the word of God behind you. Now you are not speaking Christianese. You are saying something that you believe. The difference is the work that has been done beforehand. Great question. You have just settled. So we're going to skip point number six and we'll make that the next point, which is ramp up your Bible study. That's the reason. Great question. Okay, let's go on. So build your word with your words, build your world with your words. Great. So we've moved on. By the way, that woman's child in the story, the prophet brings the child back to life. Please hear me well. You serve a miracle working God. Ah, um, okay. I would love to, but I, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. We've had, that's a great discussion. The next thing I want to say is this. The fourth thing about keeping the benefits, and this is the last one for today. This is the last one. And then if any other questions we'll take, it's this. Never underestimate the power of a routine. That means, let me, I don't know whether you've heard the phrase, after you've been on the mountain, prayer, fasting, 21 days, no food, you're rolling it, you're in it. When it is done, don't be afraid to come back to real life because the miracles will happen in your day-to-day -day journey. 
Let me give you an example. Um, let me give you an example. So this is, <laughs> oh, I love it. Mark chapter one. And I'm going to read from verse 30. So Mark chapter one. And I'm going to read from verse 30 and I'm going to stop at verse 37. Okay. And this is the key. Never underestimate the power of a routine. It will protect you. I'll give you an example. So I'm going to read from the, the Bible. Mark 1 verse 30. The Bible says, but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever and anon they, okay, let, let me read this in the Bible in basic English. Um, and actually, no, I'll stay in the King James. There, there's a reason. But Simon's wife, mother, lay sick of a fever. And the Bible says, anon, that means immediately they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left and she ministered unto them. Basically, she was healed completely. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And the city was gathered together at the door and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. So there was a major breakout of ministry. This is one of the early times of Jesus's ministry and he heals the sick. He casts out devils. It's one of those nights whereby you, you, you're not sure whether you're coming or going. It is it, it, the anointing was flowing. It was absolutely amazing normally think about it everything is flowing everybody i mean it's just going notice verse 35 and in the morning rising up a great while before day he went out and departed to a solitary place and there prayed it was his routine the Bible then says, and Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they found him, they said to him, all men seek for thee. Basically saying, come back. You are now a celebrity. Come and do it again. And that's what a lot of us love. That, oh, you did it this way last week. You know what? We will be here. We will be here next week. We will be here. Come and do it again. Make sure, do the meeting like this. Sing this song. Walk this way. Act this way. Just make, we like repet, repetition. Listen to Jesus' response. Jesus said in verse 38, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. What was the miracle? The miracle was the miracle of direction. So Jesus was not caught up in the fame or the fortune. But he was caught up, yeah, caught up in the direction of the almighty God and it changed his life. His ministry moves on. What am I saying, ladies and gentlemen, after you come off a major season of prayer and fasting, go back into your routine and God will meet you there. And so what I want you to keep in mind that, that, that there is a power 
in a routine. So because you have prayed, even though you may be doing the same thing, seemingly God will meet you there. And many times we're quite afraid to go back to what is called business as usual. Go back. What has changed? What you believe in your heart, what you say with your mouth. It will change what the responses or the rewards you get. And this is key because your routine will bless you. There are a couple of other things that I could look at, but there's one that I really want you to keep in mind. Turning your Bibles, please. And I'll put it into, um, I have got a direct question and I'll come back to it in the next few minutes. Um, okay. I'll come back to it. Um, please turn in your Bibles to Genesis 24 and we'll read 11 to 15. Genesis 24, 11 to 15. Here we go. Okay. Genesis 24, 11 to 15. Now, what I, 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 I definitely, this is where I'm going to, we're going to end on this one. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to stop and then we're going to take questions. If we've got about 10 minutes. Genesis 24, verse 11. I want to keep this in mind. Abraham's servant is looking for a wife for his master's son. Genesis 24, verse 11. Now, please watch. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city beside by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master, I pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water and let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher. I pray thee that I may drink. And she shall say, she shall, she, <laughs> that's sweet. She shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that has, thou has appointed for thy servant Isaac. Thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master. Verse 15. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, the Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. Pause. Notice, how did God answer the prayer of Abraham's servant? Routine. Please understand, when you do the pray. It is God that does the answering. And so he will order your steps so that you arrive at the right place at the right time, even though you are doing exactly what you've done for the last 10 years and maybe have not got a result. Hear me well. God answers prayers. Don't be afraid to go back into your routine. Don't be afraid to do what you're afraid of. Don't be afraid to go back to normal life, expecting that God will show up even though it has not been like that for a long period. Key, and this is the last, so this is point number four, and we've, we've gone through five because of your fantastic questions. Point number four is never underestimate the power of a routine. 
because when you have prayed to a supernatural miracle working God, he will add the extra to your ordinary and he will add the super to your natural and the rest will be history. Ladies and gentlemen, okay. Um, I have a couple of questions. Let me zoom. I won't zoom through them. I'll answer them. Um, all right. Someone has faced a lot of challenges. You've been in and out of hospital and I'm really happy that you're here today. Um, you believe you've won many victories through God and I'm amazed that you're still here today and it could only be by his grace. How do I now protect these victories? It's very, one, we are really glad you're here. How do you protect these victories? It's actually based upon what we've said. Do the four things or five things of what we've said. Do what you've prayed for. You have believed God to stick with it. So keep walking, keep focusing, keep saying, keep believing. Build your world with your words. Keep the word of God in your mouth and in your actions. Fight to keep the gains you've won. That means don't let anything drag you back. Stay away from things that could open a door. Um, stay away from things that could cause harm, but mostly control what you hear and what you see. Finally, and we appreciate the fact that you are a walking miracle. Don't be afraid to live. Don't be afraid to make plans and don't be afraid to trust God that if he brought you thus far, this is why he is called the Lord Ebenezer. And I'll find that scripture for you, um, specifically for that. Uh, yes. First Samuel 7, 12. One of the names of the Lord is this. And I'll read the simplest one verse. The Bible said, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto has the Lord helped us. That means up to this point, the Lord has helped us so will it be with you. May the Lord Ebenezer keep you. Great question. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, we've got seven minutes left. Please put your questions in the chat if there are any more. Um, so I'll, I'll, while you're doing that, I'll quickly run over the points for today and then we will do the rest next week. So do what you've prayed for. That's the first one. Number two, fight to keep the gains you have won. Three, build your world with your words. Four, never underestimate the power of a, a routine. And number five that we dealt with today is ramp up your Bible study. That means read, study, meditate, confess, and then do what you believe. It will change everything. Okay. If I don't have any questions, I'm, I'll... Okay. That's interesting. All right. So any other questions that we'll do tonight? And by the way, if there's anyone, um, what I'll do in the next few minutes is I want to say a prayer. And I think everybody who's been on has been extremely brave. And I want to join my faith with yours just for tonight. Um, um, I just sensed in my spirit. I would love to just keep teaching, but the Holy Ghost said no. And I just want to just join my faith with people that are believing God for a miracle. People who have believed God for 21 days and held on 
time and time again. I want to join my faith with yours in all sincerity. And this is key. Let's go back to the God we've prayed to. And this time, let's declare over your life that God will be kind. That God will come through for you. God will keep you and God will strengthen you. That whatsoever miracle you're asking God for, whatsoever you are believing God for, whether it be healing, if you're believing God for healing, I join my faith with yours and I, we pray according and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that just like the Bible says that in the name of Jesus Christ, may healing come to you. We don't accept the prognosis of Satan. We accept the prognosis of the Lord. And the Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse one that whose report would you believe? We believe the report of the Lord. And so if you're believing God for healing for yourself or for a loved one, then um, we accept that. Okay, good question. Will God accept our thanks in our miracle of healing? That is a fabulous question. And so I'll put the scripture into great question. Psalms 50, reading from verses 14 to 15. Will God accept your thanks? Okay. Will God accept your thanks? Yes, he will. When you are believing God for healing, one of the most amazing things you can do is give thanks and thank him for what he will do. The Bible says in Psalm 50 verses 14 and 15, um, it says this, offer unto God the sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows. That means keep your word. And the Bible says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall honor and glorify me, says the Lord. And so when you come before God, thanksgiving will always do what thanksgiving is designed to do. When you begin to offer God thanks, it creates an environment that God can dwell in whereby you can begin to declare over your life, if you're believing God for healing, begin to thank God for what he is about to do. Thank him for what he is about to do. Thank him for what he has done. Thank him for the fact that even though you might be feeling the pains, the word of God is working. Thank him for the doctors. Thank him for medicine. Thank him for a breakthrough in your case. Thank him for a doctor who will take your case up so that there will be a medical breakthrough with your name on it, whatsoever it may be. But the Bible says, when you offer the Lord thanksgiving, he will accept it. He will draw you into his presence and he will invade yours. And so if that's what you're going through, will God accept your thanks in your miracle of healing? Resounding yes. Great question. Great question. And so let's say a prayer. If anybody is believing God for a life part, and I say this without, without any doubt, I and let's pray just like Abraham's servant prays. Notice what he said. He said, Lord, what you are about to do is a demonstration of kindness. So what I want you to keep in mind is this, and I pray for everybody who's believing God for a life partner, irrespective of your age, irrespective of your journey, 
I pray that God will be kind to you. I pray that God will be kind to you, that God will cause your dreams and your desires to come to pass. And I pray that God prepares you to walk the path so that you will find a place in the arms and the life of someone who loves you just like God does. And may God be kind to you. It does not have to make sense. It just has to be God. And may God keep you. And may, may I, I've joined my faith with yours. And I am more than happy. I, I don't mind that we could do back-to-back weddings. I'm all good with it. My diary is clear. I'm good. We're good with it. Once this pandemic is over, we're willing to travel. Sincerely, I am good with it. Don't mind. I have an open diary. We're all good. And I say it from the bottom of my heart. Why? I believe God. And I believe God that he will be kind to you. I believe that God will honor you and he will honor his word. And so ladies and gentlemen, tonight, I pray that this helps you tonight to keep going. I pray you are encouraged. I pray that God will be kind to you. And I pray that this will be a week and a season and a year and a decade where you see the goodness of God. May God be kind to you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's eight o'clock. Have a wonderful night. We will pick this up. We have a couple of things to pick up next week. And so we'll wrap this up next week. If you have any questions, feel free to send them in um, to the ladies or the gentlemen in the communications team. And we wish you the very best. Have a good evening.